This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am Clark Rockfall, the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs at the American Council of the Blind. Hi, I'm Swapa. I am the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist at ACB. And thank you to everyone who is listening, downloading, streaming, and rating via your favorite podcast player, as well as to everyone listening over ACB Media. Uh, Big shout out to the American Council of the Blind of Minnesota for underwriting the ACB Advocacy Update. If you would like to learn more about ACB or how to join ACB, please visit our website at www.acb.org. And if there are advocacy issues that you would like to hear more about on the podcast or that you would like to share with Swatha and me, please email us at advocacy at acb.org. Well, Swatha, here we are in mid-September, and we've got an important time of recognition coming up, and that's going to be featured on our podcast with a couple of our ACB members here today. So what are we talking about today, Swatha? Yeah, so starting Wednesday, it's going to start um, it's going to be Hispanic Heritage, Hispanic Heritage Month, um, and today we're going to talk about that and issues, um, and talk about um, advocacy among uh, on behalf of and among the um, blind and visually impaired Hispanic community are Gabriel Lopez Cafati and Guillermo Robles. Hey guys! Hi, thank you for having us. Hey Suasa, hey Clark, always a pleasure to join you. Hello, and we are recording this on Monday, September 13th, and this podcast uh, will be airing on Thursday, September 16th. And as Swatha noted, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month begins on September 15th. Uh, Gabe, you dropped a little bit of knowledge on me and the, the rest of the group earlier about the, the official start date of Hispanic Heritage Month. Would you mind sharing that again, please? Sure. Uh, well, uh, typically Hispanic Heritage Month has been considered uh, the entire month of October, but uh, the tradition has kind of taken us into a little bit into September, uh, mid-September, starting on the 15th, because uh, that is the date around which uh, the majority of the countries of uh, Latin America gained independence from Spain. Uh, Just for example, uh, all the five countries of Central America from Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica, uh, we all celebrate uh, independence from Spain on September 15th. And that was 1821. So we are celebrating a milestone this year. Well, thank you for that. And uh, before we jump in, just if Guillermo, you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about yourself and your role within ACB and any uh, committees or affiliates. So within the national level, I have just been appointed to the Multicultural Affairs Committee. 
And um, within that committee, we are uh, we have started a new project uh, that would include the Spanish speaking population, uh, which I'm sure we can talk about more in depth uh, later on in this podcast. Uh, I also serve on the board of the California Council of the Blind as a uh, as a board member, and I chair our uh, membership uh, committee uh, on the state level. And being a board member of the of the California Council of the Blind (CCB), um, you are a, a California resident, correct? I am. I come from uh, Culver City, California. Nice. And what what do you do outside of ACB there in California, Guillermo? Outside of ACB? If there is such a thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, I, I almost uh, question myself um, because, you know, it, it seems to be life-consuming sometimes. Um, but I do like to uh, participate in the community. Um, I sing with uh, a choir called the Angel City Chorale. Um, I also help people with their technological needs, uh, both in training and, and demonstrating, and uh, just try to get involved as much as possible with the community. That's great. Thank you. And uh, Gabe, I know you've been a, I won't say frequent guest, but certainly no stranger to the advocacy update. You joined us before the, the conference and convention, and you uh, you know, been a guest on uh, previous podcasts as well, but if you wouldn't mind, remind folks a little bit about who you are and where you're from and what you do. Well, I am from Miami, Florida, uh, originally born and raised in Honduras, Central America. And uh, currently I work as an advisor for uh, students with disabilities at the Access Services Department at Miami-Dade College. And um, as part of as part of ACB, um, the president of Blind LGBT Pride International, which is a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, I uh, also um, am part of the International Relations Committee, and um, also involved with the Florida Council of the Blind. I'm the board rep for the Miami Beach chapter of FCB, and I also chair the scholarships committee of the Florida Council of the Blind. And as if that's not enough, I just kind of, I don't know how I'm going to manage, but uh, I've been finally getting into the process of completing a five-month process starting next week, actually, uh, to become an uh, internationally certified uh, life coach. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so Guillermo, um, what does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to you or just to your community? Oh, gosh, that's a very loaded question. I, I think um, uh, this is a community that um, has been, um, well, when I take a look at the blind population, uh, more specifically the blind Hispanic population, I feel like for us, it's it's a, a time when we can reflect on what needs to be done within the community. Um, I think throughout the years, um, when I've met people that have come to this country, 
Um, people are always looking for something tangible. Um, and I've always wondered what it is that we can do for the Spanish-speaking community because I think people are looking for, well, how do I get services? What services are available? And um, there isn't, though there's a lot of services in this country, there is this underrepresentation of of the community when it comes to these services. Um, you know, there's a lot of issues relating to that. So um, there is a bit of marginalization, um, but I, I think that, um, not to start off with the negative, uh, there are some positives that we can take going forward um, you know, I think we're in a we're in an age now where we we have the tools to sort of move uh, things forward with the community. And and so you mentioned that's uh, specific to blindness or the intersection of Hispanic heritage and blindness is more generally, um, and and maybe this is just me being inarticulate. Um, how do you think Hispanic Heritage Month is, is viewed or, and how necessary is Hispanic Heritage Month to the community? I think it's very necessary. Um, I think that people have their, their stereotype and their thoughts about what Hispanic heritage is, um, and I think that people need to be aware of um, contributions that are made uh, within the Hispanic community, um, no matter how big or small they are, uh, I think that is something that needs to be recognized. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yes, for both of you, um, what um, advocacy efforts, work has you been doing, and advocacy work um, doing on behalf of the blind Hispanic community in um, both your affiliates and, and national, national, level, national level. So uh, I, I bring a, a little bit of history in that regard. Um, when I recently moved to Miami, I, I, was, I became part of an organization that was uh, called um, Translating. Uh, it was... Uh, Union of Blind Hispanics in the United States, uh, or in Spanish, Unión de Ciegos Hispanos en los Estados Unidos. And um, unfortunately, that organization kind of just dissolved uh, because of lack of participation or people moving away. Um, so I, I still keep the spirit from that organization because it was one of the first advocacy organizations that I encountered when I first moved to the United States, even before ACB. And um, I've, I've worked a little bit with um, some uh, Hispanic members uh, from uh, Miami and Orlando in uh, trying to put a group together. I know they're in the process. I have been advising them and uh, kind of guiding them. And uh, I I'm really looking forward to see that group come to uh, to a formal uh, a formal organization. Uh, I am uh, actually trying to 
see how we could incorporate that group as an affiliate of the Florida Council of the Blind, but that's still in the works. And uh, I still have some meetings to go to with them to see what their thoughts are and, and how they want to, how they envision this group to, to be formed. I think for me, um, you know, for me, the intersectionality of blindness and the sighted world uh, has sort of melded together because I often uh, will, uh, you know, try to help people with resources, whether it be with housing here in Los Angeles or um, whether it be medical or, um, you know, social services. It's something that um, really requires for me has has been a, a one-on-one effort um you know i've even worked with youth youth uh in the inner city and uh, mainly at-risk youth and and just trying to mentor them as best as possible um uh in in in, in, a, in a not so long ago uh history um i worked with a, a group called the of uh, the um gang and uh, gang and gang reduction and youth development program uh, in which we we provided a lot of this stuff even for our younger um, and as for you know blind people um, I've often um, talked to people about agencies that are there to serve uh, the the needs of blind community and I've often gone um, with individuals to meetings and and just you know facilitated translation wherever possible. So my uh, advocacy efforts uh, sort of run the gambit, you know, just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, so can you, um, so Guillermo, you're talking earlier about um, a committee work you're doing. Um, can you elaborate on that, the committee work? I'm sorry? Uh, so you're talking earlier about the um, the committee work you're doing on the MCAC and the um, project you're taking on. Um, could you um, elaborate on that? Sure. Um, <clears throat> we have often talked about um, things that are lacking within the organization um, as a whole. And to date, we, there is no real written information uh, that is out there that promotes ACB as an organization. Uh, so there have been a few members who have been talking and um, under uh, consultation with leadership, we have uh, put together a group um, under the Multicultural Concerns Committee and the membership committee of ACB uh, to provide focus calls on a monthly basis. We've had uh, a couple so far since since the inception. And one of the biggest things to come of this was that uh, the community really wanted to have a voice and to have um, media in a language that they can understand. Uh, we were all able to access a lot of the information digitally and and quickly, uh, but we need to be able to facilitate this um, to our members uh, within ACB. So, um, you know, it's really about 
providing a safe space for those of the Spanish-speaking community to come and to express their their views and um, also offer suggestions as to how to move the organization forward. And right now, the the big imperative is to um, really come up with a way so that we can um, distribute information in a way that's accessible and tangible to them. And Guillermo, why is it so important to have those, the, the member-driven committee uh, within the Multicultural Affairs Committee and the Membership Committee, as well as those member-driven community events on a monthly basis? It keeps people engaged. I, I think people want to feel a part of the organization. Uh, there's a lot of, of resources that just aren't made available to, to this community. Um, I think when people talk about um, resources, um, people aren't aware of the legislation that we're doing or the advocacy that's going on. Uh, people are mainly focused on the immediate services that people can get, whether it be healthcare, housing, or, uh, you know, the, the laundry list goes on and on, but there's so much that uh, is out there and, and we can definitely use the voice of, of the community to help further um, access. And just to piggyback on that topic, um, I, uh, I have been uh, also in conversations um, well, even before Dan Spoon became president uh, of ACB, I was part of, of a committee, uh, a Spanish-speaking committee of the American Council of the Blind. Unfortunately, I don't think the work of the committee kind of took off. Uh, but then since day one, when Dan uh, came to office, I started a conversation with him regarding the need to have um, not only material in uh Spanish, but also having a, a, a cultural awareness of how to reach out to the Hispanic population within the blind and visually impaired community here in the United States. And um, also the, the aspect of incorporating uh, that outreach as part of ACB's uh, diversity and inclusion initiatives that have been recently taking more and more um, or a louder voice actually within the organization in a more systematic way. So uh, those have conversations that have been going on for a couple of years and uh, there's definitely the need of exploring avenues and channels of how to reach out to the Hispanic community and most importantly to invite them in a way that they feel ownership of ACB and not uh, feel like outsiders. I think that's the most important thing is that this is something that is uniquely theirs. Absolutely. That's very important to feel like you belong in an organization that's supposed to help you um, serve you. Um, so you both mentioned um, the kind of shortcomings of ACB in that like we need um, more support of the, of the community. Um, what um, areas do you think ACB has done well with regards to um, this community and regards to um, 
diversity inclusion in general? Well, I think the uh, the first steps have been taken. I think uh, the awareness amongst uh, the leadership of ACB has been raised. And uh, I know there is a strong intention towards diversity. So that's, that's a first step. Um, I think... Uh, I, I do believe the board ha has the responsibility of carrying the big picture strategic plans and put them out there. But I also think once those strategies are laid out, I think it is also important to follow up and take very tangible actions and uh, very specific uh, projects to make those strategies into reality kind of land them so i think uh that that's a first step which is great and uh, you know the basically the 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 topic has been brought to the table uh now we need to see a little bit more uh of intentional action more of uh membership driven action and a very important and outreach And uh, it needs to be backed up with, um, with tangible projects. Like, for example, uh, just, just examples that come to mind. Uh, for example, offering a link on the ACB website that would uh, open up a you know, Spanish version of it. Um, making sure that important communications, maybe it's too ambitious to say that every communication that comes from ACB will be translated because obviously we know that we work um, on a volunteer basis, at least in that sense, we would have to depend on volunteers, not many of us, uh, you know, just some of us, I think, are able to translate in a, in a way that it will, you know, that, that it will be professional and that would be uh, a very reliable translation. So at least, you know, main communication like uh, convention announcements, official announcements, press releases from the American Council of the Blind and start organizing and assigning responsibilities and duties and making sure that we have a structure in place and then reaching out, having an active outreach, uh, letting, you know, like a big announcement uh, in Spanish, uh, letting know the Hispanic blind and visually impaired community of the United States that ACB is opening the doors for Spanish speaking. Yeah. These are all things that we have actually talked about as, as things that could be done, uh, you know, pretty, pretty tangibly. Uh, we realize that a lot of what is being asked of the ACB is going to take some time and it's going to take up a lot of resource. Um, but once we, bring people to the table that genuinely take an interest uh, in, in helping to promote this. I think that, you know, out of, out of something small, big things can, can happen. And, and I really do, do believe in that. Um, so uh, as some of these services that Gabriel was mentioned, you know, we, we do take that into account and um, we really are, Each each of the conference calls, we we 
try to define these priorities more and more. Um, so it's it's just really interesting how dynamic these calls are. And with each call, there's always something that's more, <laughs> um, I wouldn't say fine-tuned, but it's, it's more defined uh, as, as we move along from, from call to call. So it sounds like the uh, the issues are gaining focus and uh, tangible steps forward are are in the works here. Would you say Correct. that's accurate? Yes. yes. Sure. Um, well, certainly thank you both for you know, your leadership and these advocacy efforts within ACB, uh, but more broadly, I guess, you know, having Hispanic Heritage Month to shine a focus on uh, this community, your community, what are some of the advocacy issues uh, that you all find important or that the Hispanic community finds important? I think more broadly than ACB, but on the, you know, the, the federal or national level or even in your local communities? So one of the things that really uh, I I see happening um, with regard to blindness, uh, and it's always a tricky situation, uh, in the area of Braille, um, for example, let's take that, uh, finding a systemic way to teach Braille to those that speak Spanish in a way that's going to be helpful um, to, I don't know, uh, an instructor who maybe has no idea of the Spanish language, uh, because let's let's face it, a lot of uh, agencies may not have Spanish-speaking um, people uh, to teach. Um, and that's one of the things is that a lot of the material is not available in a form that... Um, is is relatable to the Spanish-speaking community. Mm-hmm. So just trying to get that material in a way, it, something that they would be able to understand so that they could learn Braille in, in, a, in a quick way. Clark, this is Gabriel. To answer your question, I, I think that one of the uh, areas in which uh, I would like to see uh, myself involved in terms of advocacy is uh, immigration. I think uh, the uh, you know this country is ready for an immigration reform that will provide path to citizenship to so many. I mean, millions of Hispanics. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Who are yeah, who are already living and who are already part of the system and who are already you know contributing with uh, with work and uh, who are lifting this economy up and who have not been able to solve their immigration status. Um, the dreamers, uh, you know, those are people who uh, are Hispanic by culture, but have no knowledge of, of anything outside the United States. Uh, so immigration is key because immigration just, transfers to so many other areas of of life, whether disabled or non-disabled, 
immigration uh, is, is an oppressing matter in many Hispanics that do not reach out to services that are fearful to come forward to say, uh, uh, you know, I'm blind, but I do not have a, a, a defined immigration status in this country. So I, I you know, I'm not going to be comfortable going, you know, putting myself out there. I mean, I'm speaking as of, you know, I was one of the so many millions who have not been able to uh, find a path, a legal path to residency and then citizenship because they fear that whatever exposure they put themselves to is going to potentially get them in trouble and probably face even deportation. So I think that's something that's impacting our community. I think that also um, the uplifting of our culture you know once we come here we assimilate a lot of the uh, american culture and that's great uh but i would like to see that happen in a in a way in which we still respect and uh, feel pride for our own roots and for what we bring to the table our foods our traditions uh, our values and and incorporate them in a way that it does not clash with this country um respecting always the legal system of the United States, but also uh, feeling proud of our roots and, and where we come from. You know, the other important aspect of, of just life here and, uh, you know, uh, certainly something that, that is prevalent in um, other cultures as well, you know, when you immigrate to the States is, how to find housing and how to find, you know, how to get access to healthcare um, because it, it, it is important and how to make that accessible um, to, to a community that is not only dealing with uh, immigration issues, but uh, you know, those that are dealing with vision loss as well. Um, Guillermo, are there resources that you think are important to highlight um, for our audience, you know, for the folks at the intersection of uh, the you know, vision loss or disability, uh, you know, from the Hispanic community? Um, I know of resources here in Los Angeles. Um, uh, you know, the the one thing that I would like to see is a partnership with um, various, um, agencies that deal with, um, individuals that are, that are immigrants, uh, sort of, sort of a collaboration, um, would be, would be really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how about, how about you, Gabe, or, um, are there additional resources or information that you would like to make our audience aware of? Well, um, here in Florida, uh, I know both the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and the Lighthouse of Central Florida, which is in Orla with the Orlando Lighthouse. They both have a very, very strong component in terms of um, attracting a Hispanic, blind and visually impaired uh, individuals and also uh, putting together events and groups, support groups that, uh, that are targeted for the Hispanic community. Outside of that, um, 
BPI, you know, we, you know, the I in BPI stands for international and we have uh, actually uh, uh, quite a good number of members who have come into ACB through BPI. Um, many of you may remember last year when we had the uh, International Relations Committee uh, lun virtual luncheon and uh, one of uh, a couple of, of the panelists uh, became BPI members, uh, you know, to talk about the topic we're at, at hand right now. Uh, one of uh, our BPI members from that uh, panel was uh, from Venezuela and he is a BPI member. We have members uh, from Spain, Colombia, uh, some of them who are in the process or have already moved to the United States. But we, you know, we 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 try to put our, our part as well. Uh, BPI is, is trying to be inclusive uh, culturally as well to bring over those uh, people who feel the need to be a part of ACB. And uh, we're trying to as much as possible and with limited resources, but as much as possible, trying to translate information for them. I do want to make people aware of these focus calls and, um, you know, for those that want to maybe help or know of, of people that would be interested in helping to move the organization forward, um, you can reach us at Bienvenidos. It's B as in Bravo, I-E-N as in Nancy, V as in Victor, E as in Echo, N as in Nancy, I, D as in Delta, O-S, at acb.org. And um, it's we have these calls uh, once a month. It's usually the fourth Wednesday of the month at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, um, 4 p.m. Pacific. So we, we definitely encourage those of you that may know of somebody who are Spanish speakers uh, to to join us um, to to help to move this this call forward. This call is conducted um, in Spanish, so uh, people can feel comfortable to express themselves in that language. So um, it's a it's a definitely a good resource, and and definitely it's it's a a group that will be developing and and hoping to move. Um, things forward with an ACB. And Guillermo, that's part of the community event schedule? Yes. Great. And we'll be sure to share that email address in the podcast notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as, as we you know, all seek to, to learn more and recognize and celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, um, are there any, any other uh, tools, resources, or information, uh, you know, for educational purposes that you would recommend to the audience? So if, uh, are you talking in terms of blind and visual impairment? I just, in general, it's dealer's oh. choice, Gabe, you pick. <laughs> well, I think in terms of, uh, Blind and visually impaired topics. I think uh, Onse is a great resource, which is uh, the um, the uh, or, uh, blind organization from Spain. Um, they 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 are a great resource, and um, I also want to highlight uh, the work I actually uh, 
suggested this in one of the uh, uh, Hispanic calls in one of the Bienvenidos call that Guillermo was just referencing. I also talked about uh, the work of the ERPS committee here in ACB, um, just letting people know that the committee is there and that the committee will refer them to uh, us uh, Spanish speakers within the ACB community um, as far as tools and resources. Um, and uh, in general, I would say uh, try to, you know, locally try to keep in contact with others and outside the blind community. My best recommendation for anyone is to keep in contact with their closest, uh, you know, consulate from your country of origin, whether it be, uh, you know, whatever country from Latin America, from Mexico down to Argentina. Uh, try to keep in touch with with the officials uh, as part of the consulate that is near to you because they always have activities uh, and they always have events and always uh, are full of information. And I would just recommend that, uh, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with the uh, keeping in touch of, of the consulates and just really, uh, I would say to the community, stay connected uh, with those that are bilingual and can provide um, those resources. And when it comes to advocating for yourself, don't take no as a final answer uh, because I think um, that the one thing that we, we tend to, to find in the community is, is that they will take that no as a final answer without knowing that there are other resources and that no doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> uh, that things can't be done. It's just a matter of, of, of being persistent. Um, so, and, and, and I think that's what we try to, to impart to, to our members in general. So um, it's one thing that we just need to be aware that we share um, with the community at large. And that's a great point, Guillermo. I, I yeah. think in advocacy, no matter what, in what language, uh, no really means not yet, not right now, <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, change my mind, right? It means, it means more, uh, more tenacity and more work is needed. Well, Again, thank you to, to both of you for helping us celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, thank you for the work that's being done within ACB, as well as the, the work that remains ahead of us. In addition, thanks for sharing items like uh, accessible uh, multilingual Braille instruction uh, for educational purposes, as well as uh, immigration and local resources that are important to the Hispanic and blind and visually impaired community. And Swatha, any final thoughts here? Yeah, I think that it's really important to not say, not take that answer, um, incredibly important. And we can, we should do here. So, yeah. Guillermo and Gabe, uh, thank you so much. We'll be sure to include the Bienvenidos information in the podcast as well. And again, thank you for your leadership. Uh, for the community, and for joining us on this podcast. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you both. Gracias. And I don't know how you would say it in 
in Spanish, but Swatha will close out the podcast. Keep arguing. Keep arguing. Can we get a translation on that, Guillermo? <laughs> Sigan abogando. Sigan abogando. This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. ACBM wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the ACB community. Having hosted two outstanding and invigorating ACB national conventions, they are committed to expanding opportunity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. ACBM supports the James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship honoring one of its past members, and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down. ACBM invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls, ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www acbminnesota.org or call 612-223-5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.